get into our parenting series. It's a three-week series that we just started last week, but before we do, uh, we usually have one of our kids from Kids Church read us the, the, uh, the theme Bible verse of the day, and so we're going to do that, but I just wanted to use this time for just a second. As we almost got all of our spots filled up in Kids Church for, for this next season, the fall-winter season, but we do need uh, four more teachers, two for the first and two for the second uh, services for uh, the preschool class so that they can be focused on. So if you are willing to do that, to consider that, please see Kathy or you can sign up on the website as you see up there. But consider that and let's watch this clip as we get into the Bible. Hi, I'm Cole from the Layton Campus. And I'm Riley from the Layton Campus. Today's scripture reading is Hebrews 12:11. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening, it's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Now let's jump into today's message. All right, so my name is Eric Sideret. If you don't know me yet, I'm the lead pastor here at Alpine Church in Riverdale. I'm glad to be here with you guys today. And we're in the second week of this series we just started called The Survival Guide for Parenting. Now, uh, this is the third week in a row that I've been up here, and so if you're new today, I'm glad that you get to hear me and see me, and if you've been here all three weeks, I'm sorry that you've had to put up with me for so long. But I am very passionate about this. I am a, a, a parent myself. I have three boys uh, with my wife. Crystal, who's the worship director here, um, and they're awesome kids, and so uh, there are a lot of biblical principles that we have had to search out in our lifetime to try to honor God as we're parents, right? So that's really the goal of what we're talking about, is we're looking to the Bible. If we are people who are pursuing God, we ought to look to His Word and what it says about how to be a parent. Now, maybe you're here today, and you're like, you know... I, I, I was a parent, but my kids are all, uh, you know, grown up, and they're out of the house, and, you know, so this series is, you know, might not be for me, or, you know, I just, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you feel like you blew it, and, and so you maybe feel a little guilty during this, this series, but I just want you to know that we're all, we're all trying and probably failing oftentimes on a weekly basis. We're all trying to be good parents. Um, and so even if your kids are, are grown, you can still help another person. God can still work uh, through his words in your life to, to humble you, to, to, to give grace to you. So I want to encourage you with that. And, and also maybe you're here today and I've been seeing a lot of younger families with babies. We got any babies in the room? Some toddlers? Hold them up in the air. <laughs> Just kidding. But I've seen a lot of babies, and, and so we're like, we're like, you know, maybe you're here and you're, you're I really want to figure this thing out because I don't want to mess up this, this little, you know, a cute little chubby little adorable little thing that I have. I don't want to ruin this, and so maybe your, your ears are perked up and you're, you're worried, right? You're worried and concerned. Maybe it's the first time being a parent, or maybe you're going to be a parent um, like my family. So we've got three kids, but we've got one on the way. If you guys didn't know that, my wife is 14 weeks, I think, today. Is that right? Yes? All right. So, so 
So we didn't do a good job or as good as we wanted to with the first three, but, but by four, we're, we're hoping to be pros at this one, okay? We're, we're hoping to be pros. You guys can hold me accountable to that, by the way, as you see me, you know, parenting this, this that little, we don't know what, what it is yet, and so I'll just call it it for now, but... Um, but I, I'm so glad that, that we get to share that experience with this new family, with you guys. And so thank you for being here today. Um, but we're going to jump into the second week of this parenting series, and we're going to talk about discipline. Uh, last week, we talked about putting God first, and next week, we're going to talk about affirmation, affirming your kids. This week, we're talking about discipline, and this is the hard one, right? We're like... Maybe some of you out there are thinking, how can I be a good parent or, or love with discipline? Discipline seems unloving. Maybe you come from a family where discipline was abused and misused, and so it didn't feel like much love to you, right? But there is a biblical and a good and right and righteous holy way to do discipline, and when you do it right, it is the most, one of the most loving things you can do for your children is to learn how to be the disciplinarian in your children's lives. The Bible has a lot to say about discipline, so I want to get right into it. There is an ancient parenting paradox. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Now, is discipline always used in the right way. I would say, no, it's not, right? We have a lot to learn when it comes to discipline. And so I think um, what happens with parents in, in, in our lives is we'll look at how our parents um, raised us and disciplined us, and if we didn't like it, we'll swing the completely opposite direction, right? I call it this generational swing of extremes in parenting, right? And so sometimes um, if, if your family was all about grace and there was never any discipline, um, and, and I don't want to throw my family under the bus at all, but there wasn't a ton of discipline in my life and in my family, and so what happened is, is I, I, I didn't learn a lot of rules and, 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 and situations and authority and respect until later in life, um, hard, hard um, principles that I needed to learn. I didn't learn them until later in life through trial and error, and so what happened was is I kind of had a lot of freedom to go do whatever I wanted, and whatever I wanted wasn't good. I, I went off into, you know, all kinds of different sin and addiction and selfishness, and so um, I wasn't that great of a kid, a teenager, even young adult in my lifetime, and so now that I'm a parent, what I've found myself doing is swinging the pendulum all the way to the other way now, being extremely strict sometimes in the disciplinarian because honestly, I'm going to tell you, you know, as we're doing this parenting series, I'm not the perfect parent and, and I'm afraid of my kids turning out like me, you know, and now one of the things that my teenager says though, when I'm, you know, being strict, he's all, well, you turned out to be a pastor, so it couldn't have been that bad, Right. But the reality is, no, I had to go through a lot of pain and discipline from the Lord and probably from, you know, uh, the powers that be in order to be where I'm at today. Like, it, I had to go through a lot of trial and error that I don't want my kids to have to go through. 
And so out of fear, and I'll admit that, right? Sometimes out of fear, we discipline and we become so strict that we're controlling because we're worried that our kids are going to turn out to either be like what we used to be like or we don't want them to be like so-and-so down the street, right? And so there's this pendulum shift. And what I think we need to do, what the Bible says we need to do, is to get into the middle somewhere where we take discipline and grace and we combine them together and have this happy medium of, of love and respect, love and authority in our kids' lives. That's how we're going to set them up for success, right? And so it's kind of neglect when you, when you don't discipline your kids and teach them the principles that they need to, to know, okay? And, and on the other side, it's, it's a, another form of abuse when you do it out of wrong motives, out of retaliation, out of pride and ego, and not out of love. And so that's what we're talking about, a discipline with love in it. And so here's what the Bible says. We're going to look at Proverbs uh, for the first little while, and then we're going to jump into the New Testament. But here's what one of the, wise, the wisest men who ever walked the earth says about discipline. Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Now, if you know anything about me and my personality, I love direct. I love when verses just pack a punch, right? Like, I always envisioned or, or loved going to a church where I felt like I got punched in the stomach as I walked out. I was like, that's a, that's a win for me. Now, I know not everybody's like that. And so I'm learning how to be, you know, uh, more you know, nuanced and indirect on some things, but this verse is pretty direct, right? This verse, it says something that almost makes us want to get angry. If I don't discipline my kids, I hate them, right? Automatically, maybe some of you out there in the crowd are like, that makes me angry. Like, who is this guy, right? Who is this, this God and the, the God of this Bible? Like, that doesn't make any sense, right? But the reality is, is what, we, what we've all kind of built up to until now is if we don't teach our kids discipline, then we're sending them out into the world because that's really what our job is as parents is training them, and we're training them in godliness and righteousness, and when we don't discipline our kids, we're setting them up for failure, right? We're setting them up for a lot of pain, right? And, and it, it would seem as if we didn't love them if we didn't want to tell them and correct them and train them in the right way. And that's really what he's talking about, right? And so again, we're not talking about abuse because that word rod there, right? It sounds like if I don't beat my kids, I hate them. No, no that's, not, that's not what it's talking about, right? Abuse is, is the very definition of abuse is going above and beyond what is good, Right, And so physical discipline is good, but when you do too much of it or you go above and beyond what was right, then it becomes abuse. Kind of like drug abuse, right? Drugs are good. Now, kids, don't go home and say, like, hey, my pastor said drugs are good. <laughs> what I mean is, like, not illegal drugs. I'm talking about prescription drugs and medication can be used for good. They have a purpose. But yet when you overuse them, or when you take them for the wrong reason, that's called abuse. It's the same thing with physical abuse, emotional abuse, uh, mental abuse, right? And so we're not talking about overusing uh, physical discipline or, or, or retaliating in anger 
against our kids, but what we are talking about is, is training and correction, and sometimes a little bit of pain has to, um, a little bit of pain, we won't listen any other way. We need a little bit of pain to, to change direction sometimes in life. And so that word rod actually means, um, in the original language, it's talking about like a, a small uh, a shoot that comes out of a tree. And now, now, this didn't happen to me. And, you know, as a young kid, I remember being swatted, you know, on, on the, the rear end or a wooden spoon or something like that, which I don't necessarily have a problem with at all. But um, some of my friends would say that their parents would tell them, go pick a switch off the tree, like a little, a shoot off the tree. And that would be kind of their discipline, right? Maybe some of you have had that happen in your life. That's really what this is kind of talking about because um, that's what they would have used. You know, a little, a little tiny little like whipping uh, rod from a tree that wouldn't cause bruising, that wouldn't break skin, but it would sting just enough to remind you that what I just did was wrong and I don't want to do that again. Now, there are all kinds of different views on how to do, you know, child discipline and, and, and how, you know, when spanking and stuff comes into play. I'm not going to get into that, but what I do want to kind of share with you is that there's nothing wrong with it done in a loving and a righteous way. The Bible actually advocates for it. Um, and, and think of how useful it is say, in like a toddler's life, right, where you can't necessarily reason with them with a whole lot of words yet, but they're playing with the, the outlet, right, or they're trying to plug something in, in an electrical socket. Now, if, if they accident, accidentally shock themselves, it's going to hurt really bad if not cause death, right? And so it would, it would make sense through wisdom to cause a little bit of a sting so that they could associate to say, no, don't do that with a little bit of a sting so they can associate some of those things in life that they shouldn't do with a little bit of pain. And a little bit of pain is better than a lot of pain or death, right? Or a child climbing on something too high and, and you know, they won't listen, right? How oftentimes... You know, have I done this? And we do this in life and we'll continuously threaten. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. No, no. And then we'll start raising our voice and we'll just continuously threaten over and over again and then actually never follow through. I think sometimes our kids are like, hey, mommy and daddy are acting funny. When I do this, they start shouting and acting weird, but it doesn't bother me, so I'm going to keep doing it, Right? And so this, this, uh, this concept that I'm talking about, a little bit of pain, will teach them great things in the long run. Again, in Proverbs 22, 13, and 14, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you strike him with the rod, you will save his soul from Sheol. Now, I put this in the, the English Standard Version because of that last word, Sheol, I wanted to explain that a little bit. That, that word actually means the grave. And so it's basically saying, you'll save him from dying. If you strike him with the rod, he won't die, right? That's, it's not bad, it's not discipline. But if you don't, he might die from doing other stupid things, really, right? And, and then the flip side to this, that word sheol is also used for um, eternal grave, 
In one translation, it says, you'll save them from hell. And so in another sense, in the greater sense of our parenting, as we do discipline, we are saving their souls, right? And discipline is really just training, correcting, right? And so as we do discipline, we are setting them up for the right way of life, right? To follow God's way and not our own, right? And, and contrary to popular opinion, there is such a thing as, as right and wrong out there. And our par- as parents, this is our job to teach at home, right? Right and wrong. We're talking about morals, but even the right path, which is following God himself, right? Not just morality, but, but following the Lord's way, right? Coming to trust in Jesus, like, and all of this is, is leading and training our kids to get to that point. Last week, we talked about the Ten Commandments, and these are kind of like uh, uh, God's um, kind of condensed moral law. This is his heart, right? This is talking about what's right and wrong. And as parents, we are uh, the first and foremost authority in their lives. Until they can even understand the concept of God, we hold that role in place in their lives to be the disciplinarian, right? And so the Ten Commandments talk all about, you know, don't do this, don't do this, and do this, right? Honor God, love God, and love people. That's what you need to worry about, right? And then the, the fifth commandment is that commandment that explains to us that ch- children ought to obey their parents. They ought to honor and love their parents and treat them with respect because if they do so, their lives will go well. We talked about that last week. But what, what, again, what this means for us as parents, although it is, a, it is direct to the children, parents also are supposed to assume this role that God gave us in our kids' lives as the highest authority in their lives, right? And as we, as we claim that role of highest authority and we train them up in discipline, as we teach them what's right and wrong, contrary to popular opinion and culture out there in the world. We are following the fifth commandment ourselves as parents, right? Here's what, going back to Proverbs again, Proverbs 22.6, direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. Now, this isn't a promise, okay? Just a little bit about Proverbs Um, There are different genres in the Bible, and so you have to read them based off of how it was written, okay? You've got got wisdom literature, which is Proverbs. You've got uh, apocalyptic literature, which is like end-time stuff, like Revelation, where there's a lot of, you know, illustrations. You know, you've got narratives, historical narratives, and, and this is wisdom literature, and so what it means is it's a wise principle. It's not a promise, right? Because... I know all of us, or many of us here can say, um, maybe you've got kids outside of the home and they're not following the the way that you wanted them to go. Um, This kind of proves that, hey, this isn't a promise, but as a general principle, if I learn to be the God-honoring disciplinarian trainer, uh, the one who teaches my kids to follow the right path, then when they're old, they're going to be set up for success, right? When, when they grow up to be adults, they'll have the right information to make the decision on their own. And hopefully, as parents, we've won their hearts over, right? And so 
when the, how this, this, there's like a sliding scale on, on discipline based off of like an age range, right? At young age, as we've been talking about, you know, the toddlers and the young kids don't quite understand words as much. And, and so there has to be a little bit more physical, but as they get older and older, they get bigger. And like my son is bigger than me. Now, you know, that, that wooden spoon just breaks right over him, you know, <laughs> just kidding. But it doesn't work as much anymore. And so then we've got to do things like, you know, take, take the internet away, right? Take the games away, take the phone away. All of these things that cause pain, don't let them hang out with their friends for a certain amount of time. These things that cause a little bit of pain in them to remember that they need to go back to the fifth commandment to honor their parents and to honor God, and that's really the desire that we want for our kids, right? But we can't control them. As I think we said last week, if we put God first and we show them God, then hopefully they'll want to honor God and not to do everything out of just obedience and duty, okay? And so, but as parents, we still do have control, right? We still do have a role that we have to play. And so oftentimes I hear this and it's been, it's been ruined by a lot of bad parents and bad religion where I hear people say, well, my parents made me go to church, pushed religion on me, and I'm not going to do that to my kids, right? Now, I, I'm sympathetic to that to a certain degree, okay? Especially if it's not the truth or if it was an abusive type of a way of control, um, I'm sympathetic to that, but, but we, we, we shouldn't get it twisted that we, sh we do need to push our kids into doing the thing that they don't feel like doing. Because the things that we naturally want to do aren't the things that honor God, right? And God's desire for parents is that we would teach our kids to honor him, grow up and obey him and love him and follow God's ways and ultimately come to know Jesus Christ, right? And so as, as, as parents of, of young kids and even teenagers, it's like, yes, we need to push them to go to church, right? We need to influence, right? We need to, with the younger kids, it's more like shoving them out into the world, you know? Like we do this with sports. When we first wanted to get our young kids into sports or whatever, they were kind of scared and you had to push them out. Like, go kick that ball. You're going to be fine. Sacrifice your body out there. That's the only way it's going to work. Quit being scared of the ball, right? We would say that. And if we do it with sports, if we push them into academics, right? We want good grades for our kids. We're pushing them into college. We're pushing them into sports and you know, all in manners and behaviors, then how much more so ought we to be able to uh, influence them and even nudge them and lead them into a relationship with God and the things of God, right? Because if he is first, then all of the other priorities will fall into line. And if God is first, then our kids will know it by how we lead them, right? And again, we're all guilty of leading imperfectly. And some things take priority over God, right? Like school and, and sports and things like that. And, and sometimes we put the whole faith and religion thing in like this whole other box of life. Like I've got, I've got real life and then I've got, you know, the imaginary spiritual life, right? And, and I wish they would like this, but at least they like this. At least they're doing the practical things. 
I wish they would like this, but I ain't going to push it on them, right? And, and I want to encourage us that, as we talked about last week, again, if we put God first, he is in and around our entire real life. And our kids need to see that. And as we, as we teach them that, and hopefully as we win their hearts, as God won our hearts, right? Because God didn't just come down with a bunch of rules, but he also loved us. He proved. He proved his love for us through discipline and through grace. And so as parents, we've got to learn to bring those two together, discipline and grace, equally in the middle and not swing from one generation to another to strict to grace to strict to grace because I see that happening and it's happening in my own life and I don't want to be that anymore. And so my last point is this, that loving discipline ought to turn our child's heart toward God. First, they learn to honor you, and later they'll learn to honor God. You see, God wants us to make disciples out of our kids, disciples of Jesus. And if you think of the word disciple, where does that word come from? What does that sound a lot like? Discipline, right? Because a disciple is a, a student in training, right? And discipline is the same thing. It is, it is training, okay? And so if we're going to be disciples and we're going to train our kids to be disciples, there has to be discipline involved. Here's the verse that our kids read for us today. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful, but afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Now, you see the, the fruit that comes out of people who are trained by discipline. And it never feels good in the moment, right? And, and that's where our struggle is as parents because we don't feel like doing it. And we love our kids and we're compassionate on our kids. And so when they're in pain, we're in pain. And so not only is it not enjoyable and, and, and it's painful for them, it's painful for us. But it's what we're called to do because it reaps a harvest, right? It reaps, it reaps right living. And, and really, this is comparing um, what parents ought to do with what God does to us, okay? And so as we talk about parents need to be the disciplinarian, well, kids, don't think that your parents get off scot-free because that's not how it works. You see, although we've grown up and out of our, our parents' homes now, Parents are now accountable to God, and I know that you parents out there that are Christians, you know that God doesn't always make everything happy and enjoyable, but there are times of discipline and pain, right? And those things in life, are, they're sometimes hard to pick out. Like, God, are you doing this? Are you allowing this? Or did I get myself into this? And you're allowing it so that I can learn from it? Or is this just circumstance and and so that is a great question, right? That is a great question that I wish that we would gather together in groups and one-on-one -on -one conversations and talk this out. Talk about, you know, why is the world broken? Where does evil come from? All of that type of stuff. But in the midst of all of that, we can say that God is disciplining his children. If we go back in the, the verses before Hebrews 12, 11, it explains this. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, 
Don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. You know, the Bible says that when we come to faith in Jesus Christ alone for the forgiveness of our sins, we trust that he died on the cross to take away our sins and what we deserved. And he rose from the dead on the third day, defeating sin and death. The Bible says that we become adopted as children. We're not normally his children. We're not born his children we are enemies of God, but in the moment we trust in Jesus Christ, we become adopted as children. And you can see that everything that God made is to glorify himself and to show an illustration of him, right? As we talk about marriage, it shows the illustration of God's love and covenant that he has with us. And then we talk about families and parenting, and we see the relationship that God has God the Father with the Son, and we see the relationship that God has with his children. And we now, as followers of Jesus, are his children. And he's saying here, don't make light of it. Don't give up. Don't turn away. You've got to endure. When life is hard and things aren't going your way, maybe it's the discipline of the Lord in your life. And I know that some of you know that when that is, right? You just know that God, you're allowing me to go through this, right? And I wish we would all just take stock and inventory of our lives when things aren't going our way and we would say, hey, is this discipline? Like, did I cause some of this? Or maybe I didn't even cause it, but God is trying to train me in some way, right? You think about like military boot camp. I have never been, but it sounds terrible, and it's discipline, it's training. Those guys didn't do anything wrong, but they're being trained up for war. They're being trained up for battle, and it's a good thing. And so God, in the same way, trains us up, even though we didn't do anything. Sometimes a whirlwind or pain and suffering comes into our lives, and God is going to use that in my own life, I got to say. Now, there are a lot of choices I did make that God did discipline me in, right? As I said before, um, you know, if you haven't heard my story, you can go on pursuegod.org, go to the, the recovery addiction page. But, you know, there were a lot of things I did in my selfishness, and um, it caused a lot of consequences in my life, right? I've, I've been to jail before. I've, I've lost and hurt family members and I have wronged people in my life. And, and so, but the wonderful thing that I realized as I was going through all this correction in my life was that God loved me. <laughs> he wasn't letting me go. You see, he, he loved me enough to stop me, to let me get caught. He loved me enough to uh, put me in a place where I needed to think for a while <laughs> right, where I needed to be alone with him. And there was a lot of discipline that happened in my life that I had to learn. But I also discovered in those, that time, some of the most painful times in my life, that God's love was realer than it ever has been in my life. God showed up and said, you know what, you've done all these things and I love you unconditionally like a parent should to a child, but there does have to be consequences. There does have to be discipline. You do need to learn. And why? Because I'm going to use you. 
I'm going to use you to do great things. I'm going to use you beyond what you think you're even qualified for. And I've got to discipline you and I've got to train you. Now, maybe you or you know someone or, or, or your, your kids are going through something where you're scared of what's going on in life right now. Would you take a moment to just think about, is God trying to train you for something? Here's what it says as he goes on. He says, as you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. And so, as crazy as it sounds, when it feels like God is disciplining us and there's pain in our lives, you can rejoice in the fact that God is being a loving father. And as he sets the example, we ought to do that as mother and father to our children. Now, some of us today, we need to go home and we need to chew on this a little bit, right? We need to open up. Hebrews 12, go to your small group, talk to someone about it, and read these verses over and over. What does this mean for my life? But some of us, we need to go home, and we need to put this into practice. We need to train up our kids. But I also want you to know that we've all failed at this. We all need help. We all need encouragement. And at the end of the day, it's not even in our own power that we can get our kids to turn out the way that we wanted It's only by God and his grace. And so ultimately, I hope that we would turn to Jesus. I want to close with this last verse, Hebrews 12, 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So the whole chapter started out with this. And the reason why is because we have to have that as the central part of everything that we believe. Although we are called to do things, we are called to train, we are called to live a righteous life, Jesus is at the beginning and he's at the end and he's at the center. It says he's the founder and perfecter. He started it, he initiated it, and along the way he's going to perfect our faith. He's going to make us better. And And a lot of how he perfects us, it's called this word sanctification. We become more holy. How he does that is through discipline. So I want you to think about that as you think about your own life. Do you feel God's love through his discipline? Is he making you the person that you always wanted to be? Or is he trying to make you into the mother, father, the child that you need to be? Because ultimately we need him. We can't do any of this on our own. Would you guys pray with me? Father, we do, we do just come to you and say thank you for being good. As we sang earlier, you know, you're so good to us. You certainly do not give us everything that we deserve, and that's your mercy. If you were solely a disciplinarian, we would all perish and be in hell, separated from you. But out of your loving grace, your unconditional love, you sent your son to die on the cross so that we could be forgiven, that we could be made right, so that you could come and and help us live 
the way you've always wanted us to live through your spirit and through your word. And I just pray, God, first and foremost, if there are people here that haven't trusted in Jesus, let them do that. Pull them. Initiate that faith as your word says. God, start it with that spark of of drawing them to Jesus. And for those of us here today that already know you, Jesus, but are struggling to follow these, Lord, help us to accept your grace, to accept your discipline, to accept your love and your reproof, knowing that this is just one act or an act of your love, one piece of your love for us. We've accepted your grace, but will we accept your discipline as well? Let us take after you and love our kids and model it to them as you've modeled it to us, I pray in Jesus' name, amen.